Steven, yeah. how would you want to die? Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that gets you voted out not once, but twice, baby. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, what gets you voted out twice? My entire personality? <laughs> yeah. My abrasiveness? I'll do it. Yeah. I've been in a two-day-long fight with uh, someone at work, which has been fun. What is, what not is not a co- okay, yes, a co-worker, but it's, I, I won't go into too many details. Just, sure. But, um... We will not self-incriminate. Sure. Working logistics and a carrier did some really shady shit. Mm. And the the person that's in charge of that carrier that works for the same company as me has been carrying water for them for two days being like, well, it could be this though, or it could be this, or we really need proof of this. And I'm like, dude, this is quacking so fucking hard. It's a duck. Like, (laughs) stop trying to say it's fucking something else. I straight up said that to him minus the fucking... On a phone call. I was like, how how much more proof do you need? <laughs> and I was trying to make excuses like, well, the, pa- the, the, the shipment's just so big and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, um, would providing the other 200 times we've moved this exact same equipment to different places with this same customer give you and like, get rid of that benefit of the doubt? Still no? <laughs> so that's what would get me voted off twice. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was... <laughs> I love setting you up for like a softball and then you like hitting it and hitting it and hitting it into the dirt. (laughs) Oh man. So yeah, you're having a good day. It's been two full days. This has been going on. We are recording this Tuesday at 6.45 PM. This, I have been working on this since Monday at 10 AM. Hmm. It's and it's still not resolved. I will I will have to deal with it when I go in you'll tomorrow. You'll continue for the rest of your life. Cool. Probably. <laughs> I... I, <laughs> Just I the, the look of agony uh, on your face right now. This is a Jared that I don't see very often. Because usually you're able to like play it off with either like anger or joke anger or just like the goofiness. But this is like actual... You're beaten down no no because i'm winning but i'm having to bury the person in a mountain of paperwork which is just annoying and boring <laughs> like at least fight me good you know <laughs> at least put on the gloves yeah yeah all right don't make me fill out paperwork <laughs> speaking of paperwork emails if you want to email us feel free to do so survivor tbt at gmail.com or reddit u slash survivor tbt Oh, we got a lot of emails, Jared. I won't even get to all of them. I'll get to most of them. But I separated them this time, so enjoy that. From Carl. Carl was reading a Reddit thread and realized that I was wrong. And Michelle did not actually vote for Will to return. It was Nicole, Trish, and Ryan. Gives them, okay. gives them my bad. So... So Trish instead of Michelle, but same point. Not everyone wanted Lil Lil (laughs) off the vacation. From Josh, the three recruits for this season were Burton, Johnny Fairplay, and Nicole. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. An interesting smattering of people there. Yeah, I mean, really, like, the people that go the farthest and the person who gets voted off first. Yeah. 
Send us a link. This is a great short video detailing Johnny Fairplay's recruitment process into Survivor and how he came up with the idea for the dead grandma lie and the audience reaction to it. I highly recommend it. We are going to have to watch this post-reunion. Post-reunion, yes. Oh, I'm going to fucking watch this reunion, that's for sure. Heck yeah. Uh, the, he talks about a woman he mentioned in the beginning of the video is head casting director Lynn Sp- Spillman. Spielman, who is definitely an unsung hero for the evolution of Survivor. During the DVD commentary, Fairplay gloats the whole time about how Rupert got out one round before the loved one's visit. His wife, Laura, traveled all the way to Panama to visit him, but couldn't see him until after the game. That's so fucked. That's pretty cool. That's so bad. Johnny has gone from being like, oh, interesting, but kind of like scummy to like full on fucking super villain. And I'm sure he, well, I know he has been the whole time, but it, like the show wasn't letting us see it for a little while because they were like, ah, this guy has got, he's got to stick around for a minute. Holy shit. The stuff he says in this episode is heinous. <laughs> I think with most villains, you can't just go out and be like, haha, look at me. You get voted out. Yeah. You you keep it low until you're on the top, and Johnny Fairplay is on the top. When I say stuff like that, I mean talking to us. Sure, I see what you're saying. Because Johnny's rhetoric to us has ramped up, and that's probably a decision of like what they kept in versus what they didn't, and when they put it in. Yeah, I think he's always kind of had the snide commentary to us. A hundred percent. I but I feel like early in the season it was playful and a little bit like roll my eyes. Now it's like degrading and mean. Mm. If that distinction makes uh, makes sense to you. I see what you're saying. Like, this episode, he straight up calls the... He's like, oh, yeah, these women are idiots. Like, over and over again, constantly yeah. saying that. And it was never really that personal before. He'd be like, oh, yeah, don't believe me. I'm Johnny Fairplay. Like, I'm playing such a good game. Or, like, I'm better than these people at this game. Not like, oh, I am intellectually smarter than these women because I'm a man. And also, like, this stuff that we didn't see, which is like, haha, Rupert loves his wife and talks about his wife so much, and I got rid of him one day before his, he could have seen his wife. Like, fuck off, you already won! <laughs> For a long time after this, no one could tell a sad story during the loved one visit, because everyone thought they were pulling a Johnny <gasps> Bear play. Oh my god. <laughs> Big Brother 12's Matt Hoffman made his own version when he said his wife had a rare bone disease. Bonitis. Bonitis. <laughs> Every morning I wake up, I break all the bones in my arms. Every evening I break all the bones in my legs. Uh, from Tyler. Tyler, in 2019, Rhino, along with contestant from Survivor South Pacific, competed in the world's toughest raced Eco Challenge Fiji. That is a bad title. Sometimes progressive groups are really, I'm just assuming progressive groups, since it's like an Eco Challenge, are really bad at naming things. We just want to put all the words in there, and it doesn't roll off the tongue. I feel like this is a TV show, though. Oh, well. I could be wrong. I don't know. It's not to me like a like a thing of like a fundraiser for nature. It does definitely, doesn't it? I'm not going to look it up. Maybe I will. In December 2006, Tawana was a contestant on The Price is Ripe. Nope. No. No, you leave that in. Fine. The price is ripe, I guess. <laughs> and she won a trip to Vegas. Oh, man. 
<laughs> Ethan competed on the Eco Challenge Fiji in 2002 on a different team. He dated both Borneo Jenna and Amber. While neither relationship is mentioned on All Stars, knowing about them does add interesting subtext to certain interactions. Hmm. That's fun. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Uh, and then a big email from Carl. Carl email. This is the Dead Grandma episode. I gotta say, both your political takes are on point, like, all the time. Thank you for being progressive kings. Thank you. Hey, if you're splitting up emails again, you might want to save this one for your second episode, because the last one was long, and this one will be quite long. And he is correct. Here's your picture of the episode. Okay, wait, this is not an email. This is a Google Sheet. This is a Google Sheet. (laughs) No, this is me. I put it on a Google Sheet. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I thought Carl just sent you a Google Sheet. No, I condensed a little bit, Carl. Sorry. Uh, yes, we have our, we have our, what do we call them? Thunder D. Yeah. Thunder D given the peace signs, the Johnny Fairplay peace signs. Notes. We have the biggest new disagreement ever. I love the dead grandma lie. Really? And think that not only is it a great move in, it's hilarious in retrospect and one of my favorite movement moments ever. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I will say, even if you love it, which I don't, but hey, I I can I can see why someone would. Uh-huh. I can respect your opinion on that, unlike Brian. Uh, unlike <laughs> the Brian takes. Uh, it does burn the bridge for you coming back. Like, not saying that you can't come back, mm-hmm. but like, nobody's gonna fucking believe a word you say if you get brought... And I know he does get brought back. So like... <laughs> Okay, let's see what kind of hole that digs you. All right. John says you're a fool if you don't take every advantage possible in your one chance to win a million dollars. And by and large, I think he's right. This not only earns him sympathy, it gives him something to swear on to persuade people to believe in him more, which works out for him at the end of this episode. And not in this episode. Chris has said it's the reason she believed him. It also functioned as a way for him to pick Thunder D's brain. D was a Survivor super fan, and John used the visit as a sort of halftime report card to see what D thought of his strategy. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. The thing, okay, the one thing I'll push back on that is, sure, you have to do whatever you can to win the million dollars. Mm -hmm. Okay. But there has to be a line somewhere, right? Because you're not going to suffocate people in their sleep. Correct. Okay, sure, we won't do that because self-preservation, you don't want to get caught, you don't want to go to jail. Um, Why not poison someone's water bottle like make them legitimately ill why not like sap like physically sabotage like you see where it gets messy when you start doing things of like okay i'm gonna pull on things that are outside of the competition of this game Mm -hmm. to try to make me impossible to get rid of see the first example you gave production would definitely step in and say you cannot physically harm someone well don't get caught well, you have cameras doing everything. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. However, we will see in the future people going to great lengths to put other people at a, a physical disadvantage. Wow. Yes. Hey, going back to season two, like, what if you were just like, oh, Scoopin's going to win this game and bump him into the fire? Why? Make it look like an accident. Jared, you're concerning me with these thoughts. No, I'm just saying, like, and I'm going to, like, the really extremes, but, Uh like, if you're going to fully buy into that mentality, that is where that path of continuous escalation leads if you don't have a 
clear fucking line. And here's, and I disagree. I think that there is the, like, physical, causing physical harm to people is a pretty, like, clear and obvious line that Survivor will step in and say no, Sure, no, no. of course. And that, or, you know what, I'll make it simpler, because you're right. That Maybe that one is so stark that it's too far. As someone who likes to bend the rules of board games when it comes to social negotiation... Oh, I don't trade with Jared. Don't trade with Jared. What's stopping Johnny Fairplay, or somebody like Johnny Fairplay, from going, Hey, Lil, you don't think you... You think you're going to be number three? Let, let's be honest, you're probably going to be number three. I'll pay you $200,000 if I win this game for you to vote with me. I mean, if I were Lil, I would take that. Is that, a, like, I, is that something you want in Survivor? No, but also after taxes, that's not, that's, that's a pretty good deal for Will. Sure. I know it is. And like, I would take, if I was in Will's position, I would take that too. So I'm, I'm making up a hypothetical, but like, that's more outside the game stuff you can do to really, really like that, the, that the dead grandma lie opens the door to. And actually, if you get yourself into second place and like your final two with that and the person that you promised or made that promise with, you have a guaranteed money. Yeah. Like, guaranteed good money. Yeah. Sorry, we're going into weird hypotheticals that don't exist in Survivor. I'm just saying that, like, that's where the... That's where... It, it, the dead grandma lie is the gateway drug to bribing people to get farther in the game. Even if that does happen, I don't see Survivor showing us that. Because... That's true. It would... It would look poorly on their game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is outside-the-box evil genius, and I don't think it's morally out-of-bounds. I mean, it's obviously very scummy, but at the end of the day, no one was hurt, and John clearly wasn't there to make friends anyway. Sure. That, that is very clear. And as for why I find it funny, see the picture above with Thunder T doing the, the peace signs, everyone else's loved one has already come out to sappy music and tears and hugs. Lil's husband, Chris's fiance, T's high school sweetheart, and still a good friend, <laughs> and then cap off the emotional scene in strolls fucking Thunder D, waving peace signs and going, woo! And then after this bombastic entrance, he has to completely switch tone and deliver the tragic news of John's grandma's death. Oh, it is kind of funny, especially because yeah. clearly he forgot he was supposed to do that. Uh, yes, and he goes on to say, from Sandra, from Sandra breaking the solemnness immediately by making her first selection fair play's buddy to will constantly bringing up the fact that his grandma just died <laughs> whenever the scene threatens to move on from that point apparently thunder d actually forgot about this plan yeah that, yep. it's so obvious it's very it's very obvious to us like we were watching they cooked at the plan and john had to prompt him the first thing he mentioned was how roddy piper a pro wrestler had gotten fired and john was like dude i don't give a fuck <laughs> In the episode, you see that John has to ask him, oh, how, how's grandma? And, yeah. And uh, Thunder D's response apparently included two or three more dudes that were even sh that then were even shown in the episode. Wow. He did, and it still worked. He did such a poor job selling it that John allegedly threw a whole shit fit to make it believable. Going on for about five to ten minute rant about how the game was bullshit and he didn't want to play it anymore. Woo! The man's talented. He's a talented con artist. <laughs> yeah. Sandra said she didn't believe the lie because John mentioned earlier in the season that his grandma had passed and she thought, no way this bitch lost two grandmas. <laughs> John refutes this and claims that he'd been building up to the whole, the whole season 
even having prayer circles with some Drake members like Trish and Burton for her health. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh, that's great. Apparently, after production found out that it was a lie, a cameraman went up to John and said, Congratulations, this is your show now. Whoa! <laughs> Not to say production didn't hate the man, because at the very least, Jeff clearly did, and probably still does. But I think they also knew that they had TV gold here. Uh, yeah, I mean, who also... A cameraman's just a dude. Like, yeah. it could just be a guy who's like, damn, good hustle. Damn, like, dude. All right. All right. So, one of my... Uh, I've mentioned Castle Super Beast before. I love them. If you like video games, you should listen to them. They have a segment sometimes they go to called Hustle or Scam, which is like, a hustle is something where it's a little bit shady, but like, you're it's respect the hustle versus yeah. Scam where it's like, oh no, you've, you've crossed the line. Like, you're stealing money from old people. It, it's and the difference I, between like... Going to a pool hall and pretending to be worse at pool and then beating them when money's actually on the line versus going to a pool hall and cutting their pockets and stealing their wallets. Correct. <laughs> um, so, like, I think really where me and Carl disagree, and I think you're on the Carl side of it, is y'all think hustle, I think scam. Sure. I think that's a hustle. I'm, I'm right there. So glad you caught the Dares man got, like, nothing right about nub nut. Nubnit. Nubnit. Love that Burton's nickname is Burton. <laughs> uh, you don't think Sandra letting Krista take the heat for the fish is unethical the same way the dead grandma thing is? No, because it's a lie of omission. She never pointed the finger at Krista and went, No, Krista did it! She just went, mm-hmm. Oh shit, I'm not gonna say anything. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Goes on to say, I'd make the case even more so considering the shit that Krista went through because of it. No one got hurt from dead grandma, but Krista was very clearly having a rough time out there for a couple days. Sandra does show an ugly side of her, an ugly vengeance side of herself that episode and this episode. Hmm. To be clear, I don't think she should have. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's smart gameplay on Sandra's part, and it's not like Krista was traumatized or anything, but I don't think that this and the dead grandma lie are so far apart in terms of ethics, but curious to hear what you think. Yeah, I mean, mostly, to me, it's not ethics. It's just, like, I don't want Survivor to become about too many things that are outside of Survivor. Mm -hmm. I I also think that this is good for Survivor. Like, putting... They need to learn where the guardrails are. they need to learn where the guardrails are, but having this and having it go this far puts people on edge a little bit and makes them say, I don't know that I believe that. Yeah. It, it takes a little bit of the gullibility away from future contestants. I agree with that. Speaking of John and Burton being cocky, T wasn't immune either. She apparently got carried away and told Burton at least once... You better pack up your shells. You're going home. Yeah, that's probably why she went home. That'll that could do it. Maybe they showed Jeff messing up because the game changes and it explains why Dara wins. If you're paying attention, the original game was find two four letter words, two five letter words, etc. Cetera, et yeah. Cetera. And if you look, Dara's behind and mostly has just small words. She wasn't going to win the first round, but then it switches to find as many four letter words possible, and then. That was right up Nubnut's alley. <laughs> they had no way to cover that up. Anyways, yeah, I agree. Not a great challenge. Boring, and I don't think pirates were doing a lot of word search puzzles in the 1700s. <laughs> oh, good stuff. There's so much text, says Carl. All of it vitally necessary, unfortunately. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. Peace, and as always, love the podcast. Keep up the good stuff. Love you, Carl. Thank, Thank you for your stuff. 
And that's all the emails we're going to read today. Shall we? We shall. With? Bump up the jam. Bumper, Bumper up. up. Bump the jam. <laughs> Right, so this episode came out on December 11th of 2003. A couple of things in the week between episodes. First one is Mexican singer Talia, the queen of Latin pop, is awarded a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I don't know Talia. The only uh, thing that pops into my brain is there is a song in the musical Ride the Cyclone about a person named Talia. Hmm. It's great. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, the Conservative Party of Canada is officially recognized after the merger of the Canadian Alliance and the Progressive Conservative Party of Canada. I don't know if that's important or not, but it was it made the list of things, so I pulled it out. Well, I tell you what, the Conservative Party of Canada sure rolls off the tongue better than the other two. Sure does. That is one of my... I mean, there's many, many reasons why I don't love America being a two-party system, but one of them is just the ridiculous names that different parliament parties come up with. They're <laughs> yeah. always entertaining. Yeah. Peter Pan live-action-adventure film adaptation of the 1904 play and 1911 by... Uh, 1911 play by J.M. Barry premieres in London. Flops at the box office. <laughs> Is this... Okay, I do remember this one. It's, it's like the little... I mean, it's live-action. I've seen it. I'm pretty sure I have a, a DVD of it somewhere. Yeah, I think it's the one where... Like, the story's very different, and it's more of a grim fairy tale. A blast in the center of Moscow kills six people and wounds several more. They didn't give me any more context than that. There is a new song on the top of the charts, and it's a personal favorite of mine. Hey, yeah, yeah. All right. Is that Outcast? It sure is. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I get Outcast and Black Eyed Peas confused. That's fair. It's, er, I should say, early Black Eyed Peas, because later on they get way more Fergie focused. Mm. Uh, the top five movies, The Haunted Mansion coming at number five, Honey at number four, Elf is back at number three. Elf is back, it baby. It fell off for a few weeks, so it was like, ah, oh, it's like end of November, but now we're in December and it's back, baby. Santa Christmas movies. Bad Santa at number two, and then the true Christmas movie, The Last Samurai at number one. Oh. Do you know anything about The Last Samurai? I know that it's Tom Cruise, and it's... That's about all I know. So a, a white person being the last samurai. No, that no. Well, I mean, yes, Tom Cruise is in the movie, but he plays an American. Okay. So Captain Nathan Algreen, Tom Cruise, is an American military officer hired by the Emperor of Japan to train the country's first army in the art of modern warfare as the government attempts to eradicate the ancient samurai warrior class in preparation for more westernized and trade-friendly policies. Okay. Algreen finds himself unexpectedly affected by his encounters with the samurai, which places him at the center of a struggle between two eras and two worlds. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I still think he ends up like being like, now I'm an American samurai. <laughs> but he's not playing a Japanese person. Sure. Uh, what do you think this is rated at, Steve? I'm pretty sure this is very well regarded. I'm going to go like an 88 critic and an 82 audience. This one's kind of split. 83 audience. Okay. So really close. Almost on that. You're right on there. 66 critic. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Not huge on it. That's not how I expected that to go. I know, me either. I actually almost read it backwards by mistake the first time. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thank you, as always, for the historical context. Yes, we do not support these movies right now. Nope. Oh, this is a season about pirates, Jared. Arrgh. <laughs> All right. Moving on to episode 13, Mutiny. 
Arr. <laughs> Anyway. They love the snake imagery. They do. I I actually I did take note about this too that the it's snake the imagery every is, episode is so overused at this point. Yeah, and I liked that one episode where it was very prevalent and it made sense for the snake to be running through. Like ah, our snake right here. You see, it's Johnny Fairplay. Well, and the snake eating the rat. Yeah. On the episode that Rupert goes home is like ah. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Chef's kiss. Uh, now you're just like, okay, I get it. We can move on we to a different analogy here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, we, we started the episode, we have lightning, everyone's walking home. And this is weird because we're getting walking and talking from people coming back from tribal council. Mm-hmm. We don't usually see that because usually production doesn't want them to be doing that. I mean, they're already like at the beach when they're talking. I don't know how close. Tough to tell. Yeah. I imagine by, like, this season they have to take a boat to Tribal Council, so I imagine when they're off the boat, they're they're like, okay, cool, talk amongst yourselves. My guess here is that Johnny talked a little earlier than he was supposed to, because you, it definitely felt like a, a side conversation of, Krista was offering you up all day long, Sandra. Like, it, it could have been you. Like, it should have been you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just like we kind of came into the middle of it. Yeah. But Johnny Fairplay is so restrained and so good at keeping his mouth shut how he would never do that well he he's playing this pretty well he's like i want sandra to keep feeling vulnerable i want her to feel like she's on the bottom and she needs help yeah and it kind of works it kind of works i think john is used to manipulating people that are not sandra yeah not sandra i mean frankly easier to manipulate i like Sandra is a creature fueled by spite. She says that if it had not been for how the reward challenge transpires, she would have single-handedly dismantled their entire camp out of spite. Correct. She's not just going to go, okay, John, I guess I need you. Like, what? in what fucking world? Have you not... Have you not paid... It? Well, Sandra's good at hiding Correct. this, but, like, have you not paid attention to who she is for 35 days? And I guess the answer is kind of no. Is it no, or is it a a positive spin on how Sandra has been playing this game, playing a little bit under the radar, and oh. not not letting the full evil manipulator <laughs> show? Yes, and I, I will say I'm biased, because I love Sandra. Mm-hmm. But Burton, she's so under the radar and so good at playing under the radar that Burton spends the first half of this episode going, all the women are idiots, they couldn't create a strategy amongst the three of them. And then has one conversation with Sandra where he's like, oh shit. Oh no. She is playing this game. Uh-huh. And she's he- she's hid that from him for 35 days. For like... Now mind you, the man's rolling 28, low... 28, Well, yeah, okay, he was missing some of those. <laughs> the man's rolling low on perception checks. <laughs> <laughs> no question there. Right, let me grab some dice here. <laughs> the man is is fucking blind as shit. But man, that's cool. I I think in this episode, it's not necessarily a blindness, but it is a an arrogance. Oh yes, one hundred percent. Because they they talk almost this entire episode, both Burton and Johnny Fairplay, as if everything they're doing is a for sure. It's a guarantee that even if we don't get our plan A, our plan B is of a guarantee. 
Yeah, they're all so desperate. They can't work together. They'll only work with us. Yeah. I knew this was going to blow up by the time that they talked to Lil about voting out Dara. I was like, oh, this is not happening. Like, John or Burton is going home this episode. Mm. Because Lil's not having it right from the start. Lil's a little fed up about taking orders, I should say, or just being the the third wheel in this Johnny Fairplay Burton relationship. I wouldn't even go that far. Lil, for somebody who I think isn't good at this game, has this really clear moment that's just like, wait a minute, he's telling all these lies to everyone else. Why would he not be lying to me? The very same thing I pointed out like two episodes ago. Yes. That Dara somehow has not figured out. Yes. She figures it out by the end of, by like mid episode, but like Lil figure it out before Dara. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Lil is such an interesting personality for this show. Cause she is she she is a sheep led through most of this game until we get to this point where she it's not even a sticking up for herself. It's a I'm done putting up with this shit. And I I can't tell if it's her body shutting down and just like her personal barriers or like her way she goes throughout the world are coming down and she just doesn't have self-control anymore. I think this is a season of uh, as Jeff talks about tribal. This is a season of people who are backstabbing each other. We have not yeah. had a tribal where the person has realized that they're going home since the merge. Yeah. Uh, since Rhino. Yeah. So I don't think that's how Lil likes to operate. In fact, I know it's not. She's told us that. She does not. She has a really like lawful moral code. Mm-hmm. And she's been along for the ride to a certain point because she's bought into the fact that that's a game. But now she's getting weird answers from Burton. The targets are changing. Her body's failing her, which also, as you mentioned, like that, that does raise your emotions. Yeah. And she's like, fuck this. I, Lil After Dark. Lil we're, after dark. We're we're going we're going crazy. She had a beer, yeah, yeah. A week ago, she's still well, drunk. Three three quarters of a beer. Three quarters of a beer. She's still a little. Still we, a little we don't want to go crazy here, Jared. <laughs> it's too much. So I love this. I actually kind of compare this final five to Thailand's final five, mm. but really only in that you have Johnny, who's Brian. Except I think he's better than Brian. You have. Clay, who's Burton, except Burton is better, better than, than Clay. <laughs> and then you have Lil, who is Jan, but is doing the thing I yelled at the TV for six episodes for Jan to do and wake up to, mm-hmm. and she finally did it. And Dara is Ted. Dara is the one who that they're afraid of in the competitions, and they want to get rid of. Making Sandra... That one doesn't work. Sandra for Helen doesn't work. (laughs) That's the one that's where it falls apart. Hold up here. (laughs) All right, well. (laughs) Ah, good parallels. Good stuff. We talked a little bit about Sandra working on her revenge and how it doesn't actually come to fruition. But man, she was ready to do everything. Hide the nets, hide the jugs, maybe break the jugs. Hide the spears, knives, pickaxe, machetes, masks for fishing. Like, girl is ready to go full-on burn the camp down. She's so fucking lucky that these two men are so stupid. Because if either one of... Like, Burton wins. Mm -hmm. If he takes anybody else, this plan doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. 
and even if even if she managed to get one of the girls to the side, like let's say like Lil pulls her aside and, and talks about this, she might have already gone and destroyed shit by the time that happened. Yeah. And hey, guess what? Then they're gonna figure out that you're the one that destroyed the fish, and they're gonna figure out that you're the one that didn't say anything, and that might be enough to not make this plan work. I agree. I think that this not happening was the only reason that everything came together the way it did. Yep. So we get to the reward challenge. It's our second chances challenge. Leftovers. We love the leftovers challenge. And they only make the leftovers challenge the car challenge. They do. Yes. Yeah. And nobody mentions that, though. Nobody says, hey, isn't this usually the car challenge? Well, yeah, but... I, as a watcher who does a podcast about it, didn't put it together until sure. right now. It's also not something I would pick up six months from the last time I watched this exactly. car challenge. Yeah, yeah you're and, right. And also, every other season they've been like, and you'll win a brand new car! That was my... Price is right. Price is right. Price is very ripe. <laughs> like the fruit on the vine, the price, the price is, is right. Is right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... This challenge is you have to untie yourself from a post, which wasn't exactly how that worked in the... They were out in the water, but it was kind of the same thing. When they were prisoners. They had had other people untie them. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, doesn't matter. They had to dig themselves under the fence. They had to use the strings for compass, the, the digging compass thing. Sure. We had to build the reaching stick to get the key. We had to use the slingshots, and then a final word scramble puzzle at the end. They picked, like, the worst challenges, and, like, the worst part of the worst challenges. I disagree on this one. Really? I mean, the challenge itself is fine. I'm just thinking about, like, okay, the slingshot, cool. Mm-hmm. Untying yourself, mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, that part, I can give or take. The stick thing, fine. The word scramble, like, it. this is a challenge that's better than the sum of its parts. Yes. Because it's like, it's the worst parts of a bunch of challenges that were mid that come into a pretty good challenge. I think this was the best constructed leftovers challenge we've seen. I would agree with that. And from a survivor gameplay standpoint, this is as close to a modern challenge as we've ever seen. I also agree. It's It starts off with something pretty trivial. It continues to get hard, but it's, it's all individual sections and you could screw up at any point, and it ends with a puzzle. Yep. It's, mm, survivor at its, at its peak. I will say, I love how both of the challenges on this episode, you get a massive advantage for being skinny. Because yeah, neither Dara nor Lil, I think, even dug. <laughs> they just w- And Dara, actually, at the end of the challenge, when she's still behind the bars, she just walks out. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. literally just walks between the bars. That's why they had to have the rule where, like, you can't lean out very far from the bars, because yeah. they definitely can. <laughs> they can just, like, oh, they're just gonna walk on through here. Also, why is Jeff so intense when he's going over this challenge? He's, like, whispering at them and being like, first you're gonna tie- untie the knots. I don't then- know that he's intense. I think he's given up. Oh, really? He- I, I also took note of his energy. He is, like, weirdly muted or maybe angry. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe this has to do with his low ranking of the season. Like, he yeah. doesn't seem invested anymore. That's true. And if he really did hate Johnny Fairplay that much, the dude's still around. And at this point, looks like he's going to walk away with the game. Mm. And he has to pretend to be happy for him. 
is this a moment where he's like, I hate what this game has become. Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, we get out to an early lead where Lil is doing so well at the first part and then gets under the, the digging post and then <laughs> can't solve the compass puzzle. Yeah, she has a panic attack. Like, jokes aside, like, she was legitimately having an anxiety attack. Okay. I, I think so. Like, or maybe not like a full-on one, but like, between the coordinates and her pace around, just being like, I can't do it, I can't do it. And then, like, trying to tie up the stick, like, she was... She was full-on freaking out. Mm. Okay. For for someone who hasn't had a panic attack before, like, that's... I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, like, diagnosing her with anything. Sure. I'm just like, that was, like, a, a full-on, like, not, like... If she, if she was able to calm down, I think she solves that very easily. Sure. But something in her snapped yeah. for a couple minutes. Yeah, she was talking to herself. She's like, slow down, Lil. Focus. Focus. Just, uh, and even Jeff's like, come on, Lil. You, you could do this. I also want to point out the music for this challenge. It's really weird. I don't remember it. It's, like, oddly intense. And, like, it... I don't know. It, it, it really stuck out to me. It was, like, very, like, slow horns and percussive. Like, they were, like, they were, like building up to this big, suspenseful, dramatic mm. thing. And then it's just over. And it would kind of, like, <laughs> cut in and out. It was... Like, not cutting out as, like, audio quality. Like, cutting out, they'd, like, just, like, stop it for a little while while they showed somebody else and go back to it. I think when it was on John and Burton, I think they were basically trying to give him, like, an evil underscore. But oh, maybe. It was a little heavy-handed and kind of weird. This could have been one, because it was a, a weird length of a challenge. Maybe their audio suite didn't work <laughs> in, in what they were trying to do here. So they had to, like, piecemeal some other stuff together to make it work. I don't yeah, know. I guess. It, Editing video is weird. Editing challenges is weird. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, anyway, Burton runs away with this challenge in the second half. He yeah. He makes the stick the best. He absolutely demolishes the slingshots, and the puzzle was just nothing to him. No. Yeah. And especially with the hint that it's a favorite, like a famous pirate phrase. It's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. Jolly Roger, I wouldn't like put that up as a slam dunk. So. I get, I get the hint and I get why they said it. Yeah. But like, man, he nobody stood a chance. No. None of them were even out of their cages by the time he had finished the puzzle. No. Nope. So yeah, Burton wins. Burton gets to go on a reward. He gets to go to the ruins of old Panama City. Cool. Yeah. I, why did they not tell them they would win a car? I think here they're trying to break the car, car curse ah because they it they give them the option to be like hey you don't have to tell them you want a car nobody's gonna find out until you leave yeah that's true unless you tell someone or your You're... other person tells someone yeah but... which burton's kind of got to keep in the back of his mind too like hey if we get to a final two johnny's probably gonna say i want a car yeah it gives you an excuse to ditch your other person yeah i don't know if i like it but it also, I mean, Johnny's on, the, the other person would be on the uh, the jury, so it, that wouldn't help you either. Yeah, no, I'm saying if it was just the, if it was John and Burton in the final mm -hmm. two, which they think it's going to be. Yeah. They don't say, Burton doesn't say anything to the rest of them. Like, you're at final two and you're like, hey, by the way, Burton won a car. Just <laughs> thought you guys should know that. Just, uh, he didn't tell you that. He didn't tell you that. I wanted to, but he didn't tell you. I think that'd be brilliant. Yeah, he'd do it in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah. 
I would too. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. So they they pull up. They like take a boat over to Panama City, where they're like, "All right, you're gonna go over here. We're gonna walk down here. Oh, hey, look at that car. You like that car? It's yours. That's your car. To GMC Envoy." And Jeff does a weird, like, sales pitch here. He's he's trying to show off all the features, and I'm sure this was a sponsorship thing. Sure, yeah. Where the sponsor was like, you have to tell them about this optional tent trunk thing. And yeah. How it's four-wheel drive, something, something. And it just also highlighted how Jeff is not into this. No. He's, he's just so burnt out. I don't know. He oh. just have to take a boat ride with Johnny Fairplay and Burton. <laughs> You would be too? Yeah. So this, the decision to take Johnny Fairplay, Mm -hmm. and the deal they made, or Johnny would have taken Burton if he would have won, I believe is a million dollar mistake. I agree. I think if if Burton takes Lil, and John stays back at camp, probably Lil goes home this episode? Lil or Sandra, yeah. Lil or Sandra, yeah, because Sandra would have continued with the sabotage plan. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I think making, taking your best, your number one on a challenge reward. the final five. Is a huge mistake. Yeah. It's saying to everyone, this is my final two, do something. And you look back at at camp and there's three people there waiting to do something. And no matter what, you can't save everyone. Like, at this point in the game, there's no idol, there's... Yeah. Only one of you can be safe. Yep. Don't give them that option. But, again... This is hubris. I digress. This, this is straight-up hubris. And they actually even addressed that. They're both like, yeah, we feel pretty confident, but, like, we don't think the women are going to talk strategy. Even if they do, they're stupid. We'll break it up. They do. They go a little too hard on... These women haven't talked strategy this entire game. They couldn't come up with a good strategy if it bit them in the ass. Which is crazy from our point of view because that is somewhat true. I haven't talked strategy so far. From what we've seen of Dara and Lil. Lil a little bit. Dara, we haven't really seen any strategy from Dara. We've seen people approach her, but we haven't really seen her try to be mover shaker. But for them to think that about Sandra, especially Johnny to think mm-hmm. that about Sandra at this point, that's wild. It is wild. Unless he thinks, like, Sandra is not even involved in this. Sandra, it doesn't matter what Sandra does. He just thinks Sandra's an idiot. I don't think so. I think he he respects Sandra. You're right. He thinks Sandra is a mortal and he thinks that he is a god. That's that's probably more along the line. (laughs) Yeah, so they get get tons of food. They get to stay in these remains of this burnt-down city. That's pretty cool. Uh, Yeah. I do appreciate that they're like, yeah... This uh, white guy came in and stole all their money and, and burned down the city. Yeah. So uh, once again, pillaging and piracy and white oh. people ruined the day. Colonialism. Colonialism. <laughs> Does that count as colonialism? Well, I, I would be interested to know the full story of, um, I don't know a lot about Drake or Morgan. I don't either. Captain Drake or Captain Morgan. Because like, I doubt one pirate ship can burn down an entire city. I know a little bit about Captain Morgan. Well, (laughs) hey. Okay, anyway. Back at camp, the ladies are talking, and they're like, all right, so what are we going to do about this? And they do. They come up with a plan, and they say, all right, whichever one doesn't win is going home. One more thing about how stupid this is for for Johnny Fairplay. 
You already did this with Dara and Lil. <laughs> yeah. You did this to get rid of Rupert. Mm -hmm. When Rupert was gone and went, hey, uh, we found our moment to talk. Cool, let's not talk again. And you just don't think they're going to do it to you? But again, you pointed out that like up to this point... He has fucked around a lot. I know. And, and he has not found out. But he, he keeps, like, bobbing and weaving to fix things when it doesn't go his way. Yeah. And this is the first time where it didn't go his way. I know. He tried to bob and weave, and it still didn't go his way. Yeah. So. <laughs> this plan is great. And Lil telling Dara, mm -hmm. hey, by the way, they want you to go next. Yep. Oh, it's great. Chef's kiss, because at that point, Dara's like, oh, fuck him. Yeah. Great. Get rid of him. Let's stab him. Let's do it. And Lil almost ruined this, though. Lil, in her wishy-washiness, is like, well, wait, hold on now. I, know. I go with them, I'm three. I go with you, I'm three. I don't, what if I want to be three? Well, then you win the challenge. <laughs> yeah. Who are you going to beat? Burton and John? Or Sandra and Dara? And that's the best argument for Lil going with someone that yeah. I, I've seen yet. Yeah, and that's the one that Sandra makes. Yeah, like she does a great job of, and obviously convinces her. Yeah. But then everyone gets back, and the acting's a little too heavy-handed. It is a little heavy-handed. And so Burton and Johnny Fairplay get immediately suspicious and are like, okay, something's not right here. Let's, uh... I wish... Sandra has... You've already popped off at people. Why not just be mad? Yeah. Why not just, like, throw a fit? You've already done that to cover a lie already with the fish. We've mm -hmm. seen that you're capable. You're a capable actor when it comes to anger. But we've never seen you sulk. So why would they believe that you're sulking now? Yeah. It just needed that slight variation. Yeah. I. This is what Survivor does a little bit too much, is people say, okay, I need to act like game's over. But that's never the truth. Like, nobody yeah. ever goes, it's game over. Well... Some, okay. Some people do. Remember Rhino this season? And I think it's much more viable at this time in Survivor than yeah. now. There are people who just like, fuck it, I'm out. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know. It's it's too suspicious. And, like, for Lil and Dara, like, don't say she didn't try to talk to you at all. Just be like, yeah, she tried and she's full of shit. Mm -hmm. Cool, done. I think that would be my power move. Is if I'm ever in a position where... I'm in the game, and I know that I am the bottom here, and I know that I'm probably going home. Super play into the sulk. Like, guys, it's been so great being here with all of you, <laughs> and make them all very confused and scared that I had something that they don't know about. That's pretty smart. I would love that. I would love that so much. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I would think I like I think I'm a deaf navigator, but my weakness would be I get too excited, um, and mm. so like I show my hands. Mm. I'm not if I if I need to like if I need to make a specific bluff, I can. But for an overall picture, I give away my intentions way too easily. Ah, yeah, get ahead of myself. I do when I get excited about like okay, I have to bring someone in on this plan. I might overshare. <laughs> I see that being a problem. Rule number one of Survivor, shut the fuck up. Don't tell people things, damn it. <laughs> and that's true. People overshare way too much. And people oh. who literally share, 
hidden anything, don't do that. I uh, I want to point out one thing from the feast I forgot to mention. They have all this really good local food. It all looks so good. Mm-hmm. And a bowl of marshmallows. Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, I don't know. They were like, ah, oh, we have these two. Fucking throw them in. <laughs> they probably didn't have, like, there are desserts. There are. Yeah, I was going to say, there's like a whole fucking cake. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's funny. Want to give them some uh, home comforts. Marshmallows, I guess. <laughs> anyway. It, Burton, like, interrogates Lil. Mm-hmm. Burton interrogates Lil. Johnny, while well, simultaneously Johnny is interrogating Sandra. Yeah. And this is really interesting at this point. Uh, because Lil is, like, getting the third degree. And she's so sick of it. And Sandra is swearing on her... What does she swear on? Her kids? Her two kids, yeah. I'm going to swear on my kids. And Johnny's like, show me your hands. Look at me in the eyes. He was the one that makes her. He's like... It's so funny because he was like... He offered up, I swear on my grandmother. And then, oh, they made me swear on my grandmother. And now he's like, now you swear on your kids. You swear on something important to you. He's like, I got it right in my head that I swear on my kids. I'm going to fuck you up. And Sandra's response, I swear on my kids... I'm going to screw you and Burton. That's what it was. Ah, oh, it's so good. Doesn't say that to him. No, of course not. No. Okay. Uh, the the other thing is, Burton has a confessional to us where he's like, for the last 35 days, John and I have played everything about as perfectly as it can be played. And I'm like, Burton, you got voted out. Yeah, I don't know how perfect that was. <laughs> Burton, what are you talking about? Uh, about that. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> anyway. Immunity challenge, we have the walk the plank challenge, another example of a challenge that didn't go the way Survivor thought it was going to go. Oh, no, it did not. Nope. Uh, So they had to use canteens to fill up small little tubes to grab a a key on a floaty. And there was no break this line and you can start reaching down to get the key. As long as you could fit your arm down that tube, you could grab the key. Do you think this tube was a little too wide there, Dara? Did did Dara even need to get water? Yes. I mean, I'm joking, but like... One. One canteen per tube. They expected it to be like two or three canteens per tube, yeah. and Dara just straight up, one hand down the tube. I think at one point, Johnny... I think it was Johnny... Uh, uses the canteen strap. Yeah. To try no, to it, pull it was it Burton. It was Burton? Okay. Uh, he was one of the two of them. It was like... There's just no rules on this challenge, is nope. there? Nope. They just fucking untie it from the post and just drop the key in their hand. Why not? We're in the Wild West, baby. <laughs> I, I guess, uh... uh I'm, I'm assuming this isn't something we see happen in Survivor again. With, like, a buoyancy challenge like that. To, like, get a key. Okay. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, there is an argument to be made. Sure, make the tube a little more narrow, but, like... Being small is not usually a physical advantage, mm-hmm. so, okay, cool. You got a challenge where it's a physical, advan- physical advantage. I know that they used this system of tube and putting water in to float something up again. Yes. I Even know, I knew that. I know at some point they'll be like, it has to get across this line before you can grab it, mm. but I don't know that that happened, like, immediately in response to this. That's crazy, because Jeff mentions it so many times during this challenge, and at Tribal Council. hmm that it feels like a, ah, you got us. Yep. All right, we'll make sure that never happens again. Ah, you sneaky one. That's just bad game testing. Yeah. And they sure should have known better. 
Yeah, so Dara reaches her hand way down that tube, gets the keys. Johnny Fairplay catches up a little bit and makes it a challenge, but yeah, all in all, Dara wins. I did love the beginning of the challenge when Jeff is like, well, Dara, back to back, it's been on your back. <laughs> Look at me and my smarticles. He started it and didn't know how to land that plane, <laughs> and I'm surprised they kept that take. You know my favorite part about this challenge was? Uh, Lil's plank getting stuck? Well, no, that was also funny. That was pretty funny. It was, all right, you won. Go, go get your go immunity. S- go swim over there go and get swim. it. swim. Sandra wins the challenge, but drowns going to get the immunity <laughs> idol. So we finished the immunity challenge. Lil is, I don't know, what would you call this? H- having a tough time? Yeah. She does, even though, even though, like, Burton is going to fuck her over and has lied to her and has mm. been manipulating her the whole time and she knows it. She still is having a hard time going back on her word. What What do you make of this? Is this her having a hard time dealing with Johnny and Burton or is this her having a hard time breaking with her word and going with the other two? I mean, I think it's both. Okay. I think she's not a good secret keeper. No. I think... Th- they, Burton and Lil, had a genuine moment of bonding and connection uh-huh. that lasted several days. Yeah. And Burton can throw that away much easier than Lil can. Yes. Burton also knows that, <laughs> as we'll get to at the end of the episode. Yep. And she's probably, so she's probably also embarrassed. Like, feels like a bit of an idiot, feels stuck, feels trapped in third place no matter what she does. Yeah. And the one person that she thought could at least be a friend... She has to vote out. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Yeah. And Lil's not made to play Survivor. Lil has gone farther than she should. Farther than she makes it, I think, any other time she plays Survivor. Yeah. And both physically and mentally, I don't think Lil was made for the game of Survivor. I agree. So, like, that takes stress that puts that puts stress on you especially when the game is 24 <laughs> 7 and it's day 35 so i think all of those are factors all of those are factors i okay i'm sorry i'm just looking up who took the other half of the votes in this episode lil so no we're gonna get there oh oh i okay. have thoughts okay sorry okay. uh-huh i'm i'm jumping ahead of myself Anyway, we, we do the Johnny Fairplay degrading of women part. Dude, that again. monologue is fucking disgusting. Yeah. He talks, one of the things he says is like, they're not doing anything to expand on women's rights. Yep. Like, that was the moment where I was like, okay. Like, I've been more and more, like, repulsed by Johnny Fairplay. Like, I started repulsed by him. There's moments like, okay, maybe he's just, like, swagger, but, like, he has, like, a code. And now I'm like, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. I, I'm, I'm not going to support what he's saying. It's gross. It's it disgusting. Gross. And he puts himself as, I mean, the, the preview to the next episode is, well, I should go What's home the- next, but I'm a, but I'm a, I'm the king of men and these are all women. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. I agree. Part of, I, again, I'm not, I shouldn't be giving him like the time of day here. He is steering in at this point to like, all right. Showboat the villain. I'm going to be the greatest villain of I all guess. Survivor. Yeah. And at this point, it's working. Yeah. 
I mean, congratulations, but you already were, and now you're just <laughs> now you're just being gross about it for some okay. reason. We get to tribal, and we uh, we're laying it on a little thick again. I we are laying it on very thick, but I think this is a very short tribal that we see. Mm-hmm. I've heard before. I think you've mentioned before yeah. that tribal goes on for hours. It does. It goes on much longer than what we actually get to see. I. So, to us, it looks very direct, but I'm sure it'd be very... Like, they're asking on a bunch of different scenarios they mm-hmm. know aren't true, just to be red herrings. Yeah. But I will say, Sandra eye rolls. Ah, <sighs> oh, love me a Sandra eye roll. Sandra's got those eye rolls down. So good. <laughs> I, I love that Sandra's talking about... It's not even Sandra, it's Dara talking about... How we're just low on energy and yeah. like it's so hard to do anything these days. And Sandra chimes in out of nowhere. We don't even talk. Too much, Sandra. Although at that point, who cares? It's fair. What can they do about it? Nothing. <laughs> and then Jeff also laying it on a little thick. Are you impressed that of the final five, three are women? No. For me, for me as Steven, No. Because that's how math works. I mean, yeah, statistically, that should that that's about right. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, if, if you said all five were women, I'd be like, yeah, mathematically, that's that's really unlikely. I mean, I will say, mathematically, it's very unlikely that Lil and Dara would be two of them yes. at the start of the season. Like, Correct. I wouldn't have fucking guessed that. Correct. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. And then Burton goes on to say, I don't enjoy blindsiding people. It's just the way it is. Yeah. He's probably honest about that. Yeah. He's also, him and John are playing the jury. Yeah. Oh, Johnny has a great response to the surprise that three of the five are women. I thought that this was the best thing he said all episode. What was it? I don't remember. But he was (laughs) definitely like, no, like... These three are all very oh yeah yeah great yeah women like great women and great players. I thought you were setting it up for him to say something disgusting. I know exactly what you're talking about. No, yeah, he basically he he in his mind all three of them are going to be on the jury and the jury's listening mm-hmm. and yeah no he says a very deft jury move yeah which he doesn't believe at all. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> and then we get to the votes. Burton's gone again, so. First got the first person lose twice. Congratulations, <laughs> Burton. Twice. That is correct. You go, Burton. He gives like a, a pity party speech and like digs into Lil Dude, really this hard. Pissed me the fuck off. Right when I was kind of like bad, like I was like okay, like throughout the the Burton's return, I've been like okay, he's better than he was before, and he had that heart to heart with Rupert and cleared the air, and he's kind of boring, but he's like this like athlete guy and. You know, he found his, uh, he found the gremlin on his shoulder that can manipulate him around, and it works for both of them. And then to go after Lil like this, when he, she can't hear it. She's only going to think of it, or she's only going to see it months later. Yep. And to be like, oh, you broke your word. I hope you can live with that. Bitch, you voted for her. Yeah. You both broke your word. Yeah. Like, you're good. just you're just mad because you got you played the worst game. Good on her for beating you to the punch. Yeah, she puts her vote on anyone else. She's she gone. goes home. Yeah. Well, or rocks, but whatever. Oh yeah, we we didn't talk about rocks. <laughs> yes, we do. We have to. It's happened once. <laughs> yeah. So Burton for the first time getting voted out twice. Good. 
The jury celebrates this. I know! Oh my god! I feel like this is the first time we get, like, a, a big jury reaction. I would agree. Uh, that isn't just, like, surprise. Yeah. Because, like, we've had some jury reactions that are like, oh, that is not what I thought was going to happen. But this is... They fist bump. This was a celebration. Which I, I do have to say, if you're the three women sitting over there, you gotta be a little disappointed by that. You should have got rid of John. Like, if you see the person that you that you just voted off, the jury's like, fuck yeah. Like, oh, fuck, I want to sit next to that guy in the final two. <laughs> Damn it, Burton, come back. We're going to switch our votes to John. Burton, come back. <laughs> no, I think uh, in this game of backstabbing and taking out these threats, Damn, Burton is the right move. It is. No, it's 100% the right move. I'm just like, I'm thinking like in retrospect, if you see them celebrating, you'll be like, Oh fuck! What am I thinking? Okay, sure. but they but if they hate Burton, they probably fucking hate John. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I, I don't have anything new for Burton because we already did him. We already did him. Uh, <laughs> do you want to redo your how Burton would do in Future Survivor? I, I have to give him credit. Um, he played the ceiling play of my prediction, where I was like, "Yeah, if he came in as like the athlete, mm-hmm. at least I think I said this. I hope I said this. Um, and I'm not just like rewriting my own history. Can't but, tell you." I don't remember. Once it's on the microphone, it's out of my brain. Out of my life. No, but he really did play, I think, the ceiling of his gameplay. I think without Johnny Fairplay, he kind of flames out earlier. I mean, we literally saw it already happen. I think, weirdly enough, I think we've seen both the floor and the ceiling for Burton. Because Burton's a challenge beast. And they they were hurting right when they got rid of They were hurting when they got rid of Burton. (laughs) I thought the same thing! They were hurting when they got rid of Burton! Hurting for Burton. But... Without the social game of Johnny Fairplay and him being like the enforcer to Johnny Fairplay's manipulator, mm. I don't think he makes it to Final Five without going on a crazy immunity run. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy to me that we got to see what I would what I would say is both like his lowest floor and his highest ceiling. I agree. I absolutely agree. Who's your protagonist of the episode? It really is all three of the women. But I am, I'm going to give it to Sandra mm-hmm. only because I think that she's the one who drives the plan. It's Lil that they need, mm-hmm. but Sandra's the one who's, she's so good at getting straight answers out of people who want to waffle. She'll just be like, last episode where it's like, Dara, will you go after Burton? Yes or no? While she's waffling, she's like, no. Okay, no. great. All we, right. we don't have to have the conversation anymore. Yeah. Or like Lil like is trying to like, oh, I don't know, but then be third. And she's like, hey, yes, you will. And also, you have a better chance of winning the immunity challenge and then picking which one of us two you take. So, yeah. do it. She's She is an amazing negotiator, as opposed to Johnny being an amazing manipulator. Yes. We, we have different uh, different ways of getting to the same point in this game. It's really cool. Yeah. I would say, would you consider this, like, four very different people? Yes. I do think Dara and Lil Are have played kind of similar games. Yeah. Okay, I agree there. But, yes. All right. Do you want to put in order for this last episode of our final four? Ooh. I think if Johnny doesn't win immunity, he goes home. Okay. Straight up. I I don't see any reason why any of the women would turn their back on each other to go to the final three. There's no benefit in bringing Johnny Fairplay along. Okay. So we're slotting Johnny as a four. Yes. From there, it's Lil unless she wins immunity, which leaves Sandra and Dara as your final two. Okay. I cannot believe I'm talking about Dara being in the final two. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's a goat. That is a fucking goat right there. Yes, it, like... 
It's I I see what you're saying. She's a free range goat. She wasn't herded. She just kind of <laughs> ate grass all there. over the place. I mean, there's no point in which Dara was in control of this. Is game. Dara more goat than Lil? That's interesting. Um, I think so because Lil has an interesting story. Okay. Dara's is literally like, I was the last person on Morgan. I was going to be voted out, and then we merged, and they all got voted out, and then I kept winning immunity. Mm. And a more compelling storyteller than Dara might be able to make that interesting. Jenna. I don't think... Yeah, Jenna. I'm like, yeah, the way you just described it, I'm like, yeah, that's Jenna. Yeah, that's kind of, that, that is kind of Jenna. And yeah, so so someone... Although Jenna had an alliance. Dara's never really had an alliance. That's the thing. She's been a free agent this entire time. I mean, not the entire time. She was in that main Morgan 4. Yeah, but not fully... Like, by the time that they were down to five, yeah, because Lil was on the outside, but she was the next one to go. I wouldn't really call an alliance. It's like, this is the people that we think contribute well, and we're going to keep around that don't actively harm our team because our team fucking sucks. <laughs> but she is very good at the challenges, and she's a likable person. I just don't think she... She's a lot like Nalia to me. She just doesn't have that sort of, like... I mean, they're very different personalities, yeah. but neither of them have compelling enough stories to win in a final tribal. Okay, cool. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. We got one more, baby. One more. We're at the finale. Ah, oh, makes me happy every time. <laughs> Darren, anything you'd like to promote? I would like to promote crockpots. Oh. I did burn my first ever crockpot meal. That I've ever made, um, because I had class, and then we went for drinks afterwards, and I left it on... It was the last class. Okay. If you were going to say that this was a recent thing, I would have been like, Jared. But it, it's It was cool. last week. Oh, Jared. It was directing class. Oh, Jared. I was... Well, I couldn't get home to turn it off, and I was like, it's on low. How long was it in there? Four hours longer than it was supposed to be. Oh. <laughs> so I took my elevator to the sixth floor and was like, I smell burning. <laughs> Jared. Uh, it was fine. I recovered some of it. It tasted good when it wasn't too dry. But anyway, crockpots are great. My crock entire pot. apartment smelled so good crock the entire pot. time it was cooking. Yeah. And it smelled so not good when I burnt it. <laughs> but that's my fault. Doing math, was that like eight hours in a crockpot? Yeah, some meals are... I mean, it was supposed to be... It was supposed to be like four on low and two on high. And I was like, okay, I'll do four on low and three three on three more on low because you like added more ingredients sure um because i knew i had class i'm like cool so i'll be back around like the three hour mark or the three and a half hour mark and then we went out for drinks for two or three more hours and i was like fuck oops whoops okay uh i'm gonna promote give your pet a hug oh go go hug your pets go pet them unless you have cats because most cats don't like that. Mine does. That's true. Your stuff. Well, sometimes, sometimes he's 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 being more of an asshole about it lately, for because he he learned that he can just like paw at your face or he's giving the more like open mouth kind of gnawing, not a full on bite, yeah. but he's more aggressive with the things he doesn't like, which is I don't want that. No, no. We need to end this so I can go watch a movie with your fiance. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. My host, Steven. This is Jared. Bye-bye. Bye. Burton gone again. <laughs> I just saw your note. Burton gone again. <laughs>